1: This is the Rusk Report, a program that takes an inside look at Western New York with news, features, and special guests. Now, here's your host, Brian Rusk.
0: Back by popular demand, we have the National Republican Committeeman for New York State, Charles Joyce. In his business life, he's a consultant for Otis Eastern Service, LLC, in Wellsville, New York. Otis was acquired in late 2020, by Artera Services LLC, a leading infrastructure company based in Atlanta. Otis continues to operate from its Wellsville, New York headquarters. Formerly, Charlie Joyce was chairman of Otis Eastern service LLC. He's a major supporter of the Catholic diocese in Western New York and has been a prime supporter of health care institutions and institutions of higher learning in upstate New York. A man who has worked very hard in his career to make a few dollars and he's given it back to his community, to religious, civic, health care and educational institutions Uh, a real giver not a taker let's talk about the first 100 days of joe biden as president we're now starting to see the price at the gas pumps going up uh, 15 or 20 percent higher cost in the uh, grocery stores lumber tripling or quadrupling in price charlie joyce national republican committeeman rate biden's first 100 days please
1: well, I certainly wouldn't uh, give him a, a passing grade. Uh, it's, it's, his, his attention has been pretty much focused on on trying to burn down anything that the uh, the, the Trump administration put into place. Uh, uh, no doubt about it. Uh, the, uh, the the budget that, that's out there now, the spending goals, the the, the way that things are, are shaking out. I I just haven't seen any leadership. I I, I think that uh, he's just steered by the uh, the the left side of his party and 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 doesn't do any really independent thinking. I'm I'm, I think we're just in the tip of the iceberg. to See how this stuff is going to uh, impact us. So I yeah, I'm not I'm not happy uh, uh, at all. Of course, I mean, that's that's some sour grapes. Obviously, uh, I was hoping for a different outcome in the election, but we, we made our bed. Now we have to buy in it.
0: Your uh, close friend, uh, John Castle, chairman of the board of Castle Harlan, Inc., was on uh, Fox with Maria Bartiromo on the Sunday News program a few weeks ago, and he said that when you quadruple a spending budget of $4 trillion to $12 trillion in one year, it is not sustainable. Many are fearful that in a year, or a year and a half, we're going to have a major stock market crash. And perhaps see, as we saw in 2008 with the last crash, housing values go down in half or 60 percent. Do you think if we continue uh, outspending the normal federal budget three or four times, we will have a stock market crash with Joe Biden?
1: Well, I think a stock market crash will be just, uh, one aspect of it. I, I believe the whole economy uh, will will be upside down and, 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 and you, you can't, you can't sustain spending far, far more than, than what you make or what you take in. And I know the answer to that from the, uh, the Democrats is, is to raise taxes. Well, how far can you raise them? You, you, uh, are up over 50% on uh, personal income tax. Corporate taxes, uh, were, uh, were cut by president Trump's administration, but, uh, the threat is to, uh, take them back up. Now I did see yesterday that the part of the, uh, uh, discussions that Shelley Capito and Biden have, uh, have been having about about taking the uh, uh, taking a little different approach on the infrastructure bill and cutting that down in return. Uh, the Republicans may step up with a little higher figure than what they've been talking about in return for uh, maybe a flat tax on, on corporations. And it's just so up in the air that that uh, there's so much uncertainty out there right now. That, uh, I agree. The stock market to me is just. Uh, it's it's just sitting there uh we we we've seen what's happened in, in europe what happened in greece and other places when uh, in south america just just not not sustainable as john castle says he's right on top of things i did listen a, a, for a few minutes to maria Bartolomo this morning and mm-hmm. she was talking about the job numbers and things looking good but basically sooner or later people have to go back to work it's uh it's the, it, and the COVID issue has been, been, been tough on all of us and, and continues to be. So um, I think that that's a good indicator, but it, it, it doesn't show me that uh, really the new administration has done much.
0: Let's talk a little bit about what a lot of the Democrats seem to be advocating, and that is a European style of uh, socialism slash democracy. Um, recently I taped Ambassador Ronald Gidwitz, whom you've probably met. He's one of the heads nationally for the National Republican Senate Campaign Committee. And he said when he was Ambassador, uh, to Belgium and acting Ambassador to the European Union, Belgium, um, has a tax rate of approximately 53%, um, where in the United States, half the people pay little or no taxes and the rest pay... Uh, 20 or 30 percent less. Um, He mentioned that people don't give to charity. Now, our guest today, Charlie Joyce, gives a lot to charity. When the diocese was having uh, real structural problems a few years ago, Charlie came up and uh, met a big gap and uh, gave hundreds of thousands of dollars to the Diocese of Buffalo, very generous, very kind, very loving act. What Ambassador Gidwitz said, that in Belgium, there's almost no giving to charity because people don't have it because they're paying 53% of everything they earn to the government. Are you scared of this European style socialism coming here to the United States? Charlie Joyce, National Republican committeeman from New York State.
1: Absolutely. Uh, the the amount of money that, uh, that you have left, to, uh, see if you're an, a, a businessman or, or whether if you're a retiree, you, you're going to have a limited amount of of, uh, of funds left in your from your paycheck on a weekly or monthly basis to give money to to organizations and charities that then put people in need it's just it just makes sense uh, uh, part of my whole philosophy is that if I make it I share it and and there are lots of people that are like that, but but you have to take a look at it. I get calls every day, and, and people are in worse shape now, because of the pandemic, because of the, the downturn and businesses and things. So, sure, I, I'm I'm afraid that uh, I'll I'll still do what I can because that's 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 the way I do things. And uh corporately, the the new owners uh, they they feel the same way. They know that. Uh, that we have a responsibility, but but once again, if it's not there, if it, if there isn't any left, then then first thing that uh, people are going to look at is to feed themselves and take care of their families, and then uh, the charitable donations drop down to a, uh, a lower level.
0: For those who just tuned in to the Rust Report, uh, backed by popular demand, we have the National Republican Committee man for New York State uh, Charles Joyce. Um, He is also a consultant with Otis Eastern Service, LLC. And in late 2020, Otis was acquired by Artera Services, LLC, a leading infrastructure company based in Atlanta. Otis continues to operate from its Wellsville, New York headquarters. Charlie Joyce is one of the uh, top uh, and principal leaders in the pipeline industry. In the United States. If you're listening in Wellsville, Northern Florida, or Montreal, we'd like to hear from you. Please write to Brian Rusk, ESPN Radio, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Buffalo, New York, 14226. This uh, station has received letters as far away as Scandinavia and New Zealand with our 50,000 watts of clear channel power on ESPN, and we'd like to hear from our Canadian and European listeners. I'd like to uh, thank those who called regarding our recent guests, the Chief Operating Officer of CalSpan Corporation, Lou Knotts, um, who discussed the 75th anniversary of CalSpan. Ed Cox, a good friend of Charlie Joyce, uh, former State Chairman of the New York State Republican Committee, and Ambassador Ronald Gidwitz, former Ambassador to uh, Belgium. We have coming up State Senator Pat Galavan and Margarita Javits, who has just uh, written. A uh, new uh, book on European folklore. So, coming up on the Rusk Report on ESPN AM 1520. Again, Charlie Joyce has been a major supporter of the Catholic Diocese in Western New York State. He has been highly philanthropic to healthcare and educational institutions in upstate New York. He's worked very, very hard in his career in the uh, pipeline and energy fields, and he's always given back generously. Uh, two very worthy charities in New York State and nationally. Our guest today, uh, Charles Joyce, National Republican Committeeman for New York State. Now, you are a big Trump supporter. We had the finest economy in the history of the world with the lowest unemployment rates. A lot of people say that Trump's policies were fantastic. There were some minor defects with his personality, But his policies were exceptional for the U.S. economy and hope for young people to have tremendous careers and ability to move up in uh, business and education and philanthropic areas. Let's talk about Donald Trump. You've met him many times. You're the National Republican Committeeman for New York State. Please rate Donald J. Trump as president of the United States.
1: Well, Brian, I think you hit the nail on the head, and in, 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 in citing the fact that that policy-wise, he was a great president, and uh, and helped uh, our country, businesses, the defense. Uh, he was always looking to, to to keep America first, and and I uh, wholeheartedly supported that policy. Your uh, uh, your comment about minor personality issues uh might <laughs> some people might say that's a little lean and, okay uh, frankly uh,
0: I was being frankly, generous
1: <laughs> yeah, I, yeah generous I, I, but you know i I think that that part of what cost us the election uh uh well more than part but a big share of it was was the uh the arrogance about the the, the feelings of, 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 of a lot of people and, and a lot of people in the Republican Party and uh, felt that obviously he should, should have toned it down a lot of times. I know I was in meetings uh, many times with, with small groups and the president where people brought that issue up, but he just wasn't made that way, isn't made that way. And uh, uh, that's, that's the way it was that's the way it was and that's the way it is. And, and we can't do anything about it now. I, uh, I, I mean, he's still a factor out there and, uh, you know, we've got another election coming up. I, I think, well, and I'll go out on the limb and say that I don't think he'll be our candidate. I, I think that uh, he understands that too, but it, who knows? It, you know, we, we, we've got to, uh, work hard in this, uh, upcoming, uh, midterm election and, uh, get this thing, uh, got turned back around. And, and so we've got plenty of work to do on the house and the Senate. And we've got a lot of good people out there that, uh, would, uh, uh, step up. I think it, you mentioned, uh, what he did for the economy and, and, and in, in the business that I'm in, you mentioned the energy business and the, and the pipeline business. Uh, i uh, one of the first things out of the box that uh, that, that President Biden did was to uh, was to pull a permit on a, on a big pipeline project out in the Midwest called the uh, Keystone Pipeline. It was it was approved after several years of, of back and forth in the courts and, get, and getting permits, and, and work had actually started on a multi-billion-dollar project. And uh, within days of uh, of stepping into office, uh, president Biden pulled that, uh, pulled that permit, put, uh, several thousand people out of work and, and basically, uh, uh, took the, the our partners, the Canadians, uh, uh, right out of the game. And, and, and again, they had spent, uh, over a billion dollars just, uh, fighting for permits. So I, I mentioned earlier that, uh, a lot of the moves that have been made by the president administration, president administration had uh, <laughs> taken direct uh, action on on Trump's uh, activities, and, and and that's what happened. And it's uh, it's the energy industry in, this, in the United States has carried our economy for the past few years. We we, we became energy sufficient. You we know, had ample. Uh, uh, some stores of, of crude oil and, and natural gas being developed and uh and now we're seeing uh a real pressure to just throttle that uh, that industry down completely and uh the other big projects that that uh, that are on the books uh, uh have been canceled there's a big project from duke energy and dominion uh, from west virginia down to the carolinas that uh Permit battles for, uh, uh, several years and, and finally just threw in the towel and again, a multi-billion dollar project that t- was going to take much needed energy from the producing areas to down to, uh, the Carolinas. So, and, and even existing pipelines, uh, the, the pipeline called the Dakota Access Pipeline
0: that, uh-huh. uh,
1: that takes, takes oil from, uh, the, the Bakken out in the, in the uh, Dakotas down to, uh, uh, down to, to refineries, refineries. In, in Chicago area, was uh, uh, they tried to shut it down in the courts, and uh, uh, luckily the uh, Army Corps of Engineers ruled they could go ahead and, and, and still work on it. it, or still operate it, not work on it. It's been in operation for several years. Same thing up in Michigan, for you know, a pipeline that goes across the Mackinac Strait. It's been in, in existence since 1956, and the governor of uh, Michigan try to shut that down. So it, it, there's a there's a war on in, in in my industry, and it's it's making it tough. The people are afraid to spend money and uh, and afraid of investing in in energy projects. And, and it's 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 been been a tough deal for for my industry and the people. And and I don't see much relief right out there now.
0: We're going to talk a little bit more about the Keystone Pipeline and the economic impact in just a moment. For those who have just tuned in, you're listening to ESPN AM 1520, blanketing 17 states and much of Canada. Our guest, back by popular demand, is Charles P. Joyce, National Republican Committeeman for New York State for many years, and he is now a consultant with Otis Eastern Service, LLC, In late 2020, Otis was acquired by Artera Services, LLC, a leading infrastructure company based in Atlanta. Otis continues to operate from its Wellsville, New York headquarters. Charlie Joyce is a major supporter of the Catholic Diocese in upstate New York, many healthcare institutions, and institutions of higher learning. He is also regarded as one of the top experts and entrepreneurs in the pipeline industry throughout the United States. If you're listening in Cheektowaga, New York, Toronto, or Washington, D.C., to our 50,000 watts of clear channel power, Please write to Brian Rusk, ESPN Radio, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Buffalo, New York, 14226. We always read cards and letters from our Canadian and European listeners. I wanted to get back to this Keystone Pipeline. You're regarded internationally in the pipeline industry. And we're talking about 11,000 union jobs that were canceled and now usually with spinoff with truckers drivers restaurants hotels suppliers it's times six the multiplier effect so we're basically talking about 70,000 union well-paid positions what can you say to those people who are now out of work because of the cancellation on the keystone pipeline by Joe Biden
1: Uh I can't say anything to them. I can't give. I can't be optimistic and say that there'll be another project out there because that's that's how these these union workers uh, exist. They go from project to project, and and some of them travel uh, a great distance to work. But they do it year in and year out because there's always another project to build other projects. So right now, there's nothing to replace that. The industry is just just stagnant, and uh, what they've been told is. Uh, You'll get another. You can get another job in the uh, in the uh, clean energy business, uh, building windmills and uh, and putting up solar panels. Well, those jobs aren't out there right now. They're not high-paying jobs just to begin with, and uh, and very little union involvement in in what's been built to date. So there, there isn't anything out there to replace them. It's it's this is an industry that. Uh, that, that's mature. I mean, the pipelines uh, have been a big part of uh, our nation's in- infrastructure for, you know, 100 years. And uh, uh, they've, they've had historical significance. And during World War II, they built big, big pipeline systems from the uh, from the Gulf to uh, carry refined products up to New York City because they couldn't run the tankers, uh, uh, worried about submarine attacks and things like that. So, so They've been a safe, productive uh, portion of our of our of our country's economy for a long time, and, and now these people just don't don't uh, have a place to go. Look, and, I, and typically uh, at this time of the year, right now, our company would uh, be employing up to a thousand people on projects. Uh, right now, we're we're, we're maybe at two hundred, and and don't see uh, that we'll get much. More than that, this year. Uh, so I, I, I guess it, all, all I can tell them is that, that, that everything that they've trained themselves for, everything that they've prepared, everything that they've uh, done to uh, uh, make a living for their family has been taken away from them, and, and it's it's not a matter of clean energy uh, versus dirty energy or, or or a better way of doing things because. These these pipelines are safe. They, uh, we're working on em- emissions. The, uh, the the cities that that, that use natural gas are, uh, are are cleaner now than they have ever been. And I just uh, I don't have I'm much I don't have much hope. And I'm usually really a optimistic person, but uh, this one has me spooked. And uh, like John Castle said, it's just. One more thing that's going to make uh, our economy uh, risky going
0: forward. Let's uh, switch to the, your political hat as National Republican Committee men. We have a governor of New York State who's been accused of sexual harassment by nine women. Uh, there are investigations uh, all over the place in Albany, New York City, by the Assembly, by the State Senate there have been calls for impeachment and resignation by most leaders of of both political parties about Andrew Cuomo. Uh, Can he survive uh, these attacks uh, from these nine women claiming sexual harassment?
1: That's uh, a big question, and I would say that he has a better chance of surviving them than most just because of the way he, he runs his business, he, he doesn't uh, brook any, uh, uh, any, anybody uh, standing up against him. And, and in many ways, uh, he just seems to be uh, trying to force the issue or, or not force it, but take it out of the public eye. And, uh, and like we've seen so many times with, uh, with, with investigations that, uh, that uh, kind of slip off into the netherlands that uh, in New York state, that, that that's not unusual. Now uh, are they ser- serious, allegations? Absolutely. Should he be uh, uh, indicted? I, I, I feel that he, that he should. And so regardless how he comes out of this, he, he, he has been damaged and we have an opportunity as Republicans in New York state to, uh, to, to elect uh, somebody to replace him next year. And I believe that uh, we're, we're off to a good start. We've got, uh, I think, three to four people that have uh, that stepped up and uh, want to run right now. So I believe that we'll come up with a good candidate and uh, and and want to get New York back on its feet. I mean, before it's a, a ghost town.
0: We have two minutes left on the Rusk report on ESPN AM 15 blanketing 17 states and much of Canada. Cuomo in the nursing homes. Uh, Can you explain this behavior when the President of the United States, uh, Donald Trump, uh, put forth the Javits Center in a big uh, uh, naval ship for uh, COVID patients, and instead this governor put these COVID active patients into nursing homes with twelve thousand to fifteen thousand deaths of our elderly. Can you explain the situation to our listeners on the Rusk Report?
1: I, I can't explain it, Brian. I can't. I can't imagine uh, what would go through someone's mind to make that type of a decision. I mean, it was obviously a a panic move. It was a tragic move, and uh, there's 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 no excuse for it. So I I I, I wouldn't be able wouldn't be Begin to be able to to fathom what uh, what the decision making was was behind that and that's uh, sad for so many families and so many people
0: i'm sorry we have to bring the rust report to a close our guest has been the national republican committeeman for new york state for many years charles p joyce he's also a consultant for otis eastern service llc in late 2020, Otis was acquired by Artera Services, LLC, a leading infrastructure company based in Atlanta. Otis continues to operate from its Wellsville, New York headquarters. Charlie Joyce has had a very successful industry in the energy and pipeline industry, and he's been very generous with philanthropy for colleges, hospitals, and the Catholic diocese in western New York. Thank you for enlightening us. Charles P. Joyce.
1: You've been listening to The Rusk Report, a program that takes an inside look at the Western New York community with news, features, and special guests. If you have any comments or suggestions, please write to Brian Rusk, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Amherst, New York, 14226.
0: How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix,